Baptist Catechism number 13 asks, How did God create man? Answer, God created man, male and female, after his own image in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness with dominion over the creatures. I'll read now from Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is now the reading of God's most holy word. May He add His blessing to the preaching this afternoon. Our catechism is presenting to us what the scriptures teach about God. We have learned about what God is. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable, and is being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. God is one, and God is triune. Now we are considering God's works. So we've learned what God is, now we are considering God's works. In eternity, God decreed all that comes to pass, and we know that He accomplishes His decree in creation and in providence. So God's works can be divided into these two categories, creation and providence. We will eventually talk about providence and learn about what that is. But for now, we are talking about God's work of creation. We confess that the work of creation is God making all things of nothing by the word of His power in the space of six days and all very good. And now we turn our attention to the pinnacle of God's creation, which is mankind. God created realms, the heaven and the earth. He filled the earth with creatures. And what was the pinnacle of God's creative work? Uh, Of all the creatures God made, man was the highest creature. So the question before us is, how did God create man? How did God create man? It's a very important question. And I think two of the most important questions that we can ask is, what is God and what is man? We need to know what God is, who He is, and we need to know what man is, who we are. And if we understand what man is, we must understand how God created man in the beginning. If we are to understand what man is, we must understand how God created man in the beginning. Again, the answer, God created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, with dominion over the creatures. I'd like to take that answer piece by piece. First, we say, God created man, male and female. Sometimes we use the word man to refer to a human who is male. But at other times, we use the word man to refer to mankind or to humans in general. When I say that man is sinful, I do not mean that males only are sinful, but females too. Uh, mankind is sinful. That is the meaning. That is, word, that is how the word man is being used here in this catechism question. 
how did God create man? In other words, how did God create mankind? Answer, God created man, or mankind, humanity, male and female. The human race consists of two genders. Within humanity, there are males and there are females. And this is by God's design, and it is good. Male humans and female humans are different in some very important ways. They are different physiologically and biologically. This is clear to anyone who has eyes to see. I think we learn more about these differences the older we get. We come to see that males and females are very different creatures. Male human beings and female human beings are different creatures. But as it pertains to their nature, they are the same. They are the same. Men and women are both human. They have a human nature. They have human bodies. They have human souls. They both possess a mind, a will, and affections. Though each and every human male and human female differ slightly from all others as it pertains to physical appearance and personality, all belong to the same species. They are human. Isn't this fascinating to consider? Humanity is in some senses one thing, but there is also diversity within humanity. This is a side note here. I think this reflects something of the glory of God because we have just learned that in God there is unity and in God there is also diversity. And we see the same thing in humanity. In humanity there is unity and there is diversity. The human race is one thing and yet within the human race there is diversity. There is plurality. There are males and there are females. And that is what I am here saying. Males and females are different in very important ways. By God's design, this is good. The diversity is good, but there is also unity. Both males and females are human. Together, Adam and Eve and all their male and female descendants are mankind. Both of these truths, the unity and the diversity, are essential. With the male, without the male and without the female, there is no humanity. And this is one reason that God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. I've seen that verse misused badly. Some would use it to say that it's not good for men or women to remain single. That's not the point. But rather that when the man was created and without the woman, humanity was incomplete. The human race was incomplete. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him, Genesis 2.18 says. And we know that the woman was taken from man's side. That's interesting, isn't it? That the woman was taken from man's side. Why did God create the woman like this? It indicates two things. One, she is of the same substance as the man. She too is of the same substance. She is human. And two, she was made different from him and to correspond to him. That's why the Lord created the woman from the man's side or rib. uh, To communicate that she is of the same substance and also that she was created different in order to correspond to the man. Frankly, this is an extremely beautiful thing, isn't it? The unity and the diversity, the oneness and yet the uniqueness of men and women. It's a beautiful thing to consider. But you know that fallen humanity, fallen humanity has warred against this beauty 
from the time of man's fall into sin. This beauty has been corrupted and distorted and suppressed. Men, throughout history, have suppressed and abused women. Women, throughout history, have hated men. Men have attached themselves to men and women to women. And now in our day and age, the very idea that there are two genders determined by God and given to individuals at the moment of conception is under assault. This is a great evil. And I say, Lord, have mercy upon us. It is a distortion of a most fundamental truth concerning humanity that in the beginning God created man, male and female. Those in Christ must confess this to be true. We are to see the beauty in the diversity and in the unity Men should strive to be godly men, and women should strive to be godly women. We are to do so in humility, showing honor to one another as we appreciate the differences between us. Again, I say, in the beginning, God created man, male and female. Secondly, we say after his own image. God created man, male and female, after his own image. Note this, both male and female humans were and are made in the image of of God. What does it mean that men and women were made in the image of God? It means many things. Too many things for me to address uh, this afternoon. In brief, I say humans were made in such a way that they can relate to God. We have the capacity to know God, to worship Him, to serve Him. The other creatures cannot do this in the way that humans can. Humans were made in such a way that they can imitate God. For God is holy, humans could be holy too. God is love, humans can love. God is good, humans can do good, etc. We are volitional creatures, meaning we have a will. God has a will and we have a will. And we are able to imitate our Maker. God is moral and we are moral creatures too. We have this capacity to know God and to imitate Him, to obey Him. Humans are made in such a way uh, that they can represent God on earth by doing His will. Being made in God's image has little, if anything, to do with our physical makeup, by the way. Being made in God's image has little, if anything, to do with our physical makeup. It has everything to do with our spiritual capacities. We were made to know God, to worship, and to serve Him as the pinnacle of His creation, made in His image. Thirdly, we confess that God created man, male, and female after His own image in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. These three descriptive words are very important. In knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. What, what was man's condition when God first made him? We are not talking about man's condition now. We are talking about man's condition when God first made him. Did God create Adam and Eve ignorant so that they could not know Him? We say no. He made them in knowledge. They had the capacity to know their Creator from the beginning. And they did know Him, for He revealed Himself to them in the garden. Adam and Eve were created in knowledge. Did God make Adam and Eve unrighteous so that they were at enmity with Him from the beginning and in need of His saving grace? We say no. They had the capacity to do what was right and to do what was wrong, but they were right before God in the beginning and were not in need of His saving grace. So the man and the woman were made in knowledge and they were also made in righteousness. They had a right relationship with God in the beginning. And did God make Adam and Eve impure or corrupted? Was there something flawed about their nature? Was there something tainted about them? We say no, 
He made them holy. Again, I say they were made with free will so that they could choose the right path or the wrong path, and we know where this went. But they were not made impure. They were not corrupted. They were made holy. God created man, male, and female after His own image in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. And all of these things are summed up neatly in the words of Genesis 1 31, where God, after making all things, including man, said, It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So everything about God's original creation was very good. Man himself was created in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. Lastly, we confess that God created man, male, and female after his own image in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness with dominion over the creatures. This last little phrase here speaks to the purpose for which man was made with dominion over the creatures, our catechism says. That little phrase, with dominion over the creatures, is more important than you might realize. Again, it points to the purpose for which God created man. A man, that is to say, man and the man and the woman together, were in the beginning given dominion over all the other creatures that God had made. This is what Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And I want you to notice here in this passage, very briefly, the connection between God making man in His image, and God making man to have dominion. The two ideas here are tightly linked together in Genesis 1.26. God made man in His image, in other words, so that man might have dominion on earth. That is one of the fundamental reasons for God making man His, his image. Dominion, you will notice, is kingdom language. Dominion is kingdom language. To have dominion is to rule. And no, to exercise dominion does not imply harshness, as some say. Adam and Eve were to have dominion on earth, but not in a harsh way. They were to rule all of creation in a benevolent way, in a kind way. This is what Adam and Eve were created to do. They were to, listen to this please, they were to rule on earth as God's vassal kings or vice-regents. Who is the King of king, kings and Lord of lords? God is. But Adam and Eve were created to rule on earth. Adam was to be God's prophet, priest, and king on earth. He was to exercise dominion in God's garden temple. They, Adam and Eve, were to keep it and expand its borders, and they were to fill the earth through procreation. In short, man was to function as God's prophet, priest, and king on earth. What was he to do? He was to expand and establish God's eternal kingdom here. We know that he failed. God created man, male, and female after his own image and knowledge, righteousness, and holiness with dominion over the creatures. But man fell into sin. We know where the story goes. The image of God was not lost, but badly marred by sin. Now, by nature, man does not know God. Man is not by nature righteous or holy. The image remains. But man's state of being has changed. He is not perfect now, but fallen and sinful. Do you understand this? The image of God remains, but it is badly tarnished and tainted and distorted and corrupted by sin. These capacities that were ours in the beginning are still ours, but they are fallen now. We are fallen into sin. The good news 
is that God is gracious and kind. He has provided a Redeemer, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He lived for sinners, died for sinners, and rose again for sinners. Salvation is available through faith in Him. And listen to this now. Not only is the forgiveness of sins available through faith in Christ, along with the hope of life everlasting, in Christ, the image of God that was marred and corrupted by sin is renewed. This is also the gospel. Not only do we hope for life eternal, not only do we take pleasure in the forgiveness of sins, not only are we comforted by this, but in Christ the image of God that was marred and corrupted by sin is renewed. You know, I read from Ephesians 4 at the start of this little sermon. In that passage, Paul reflects on who we are in Christ Jesus, and he urges us to live a holy life in Him. And I want you to listen to the last portion of that passage again and see that in Christ the image of God is renewed in us. He says to the, to the church in, in Ephesus, But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self. What, what is the old self that Paul is referring to here except the old, worldly, sinful, corrupted self? Uh, the self that was born into this world by nature. Put that off, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupted through deceitful desires. He says to the Christians now in Ephesus, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created, creation language here, right? Created after the likeness of God, uh, image of God language here, in true righteousness and holiness. I don't know if you were able to pick up on this um, as I rapidly read this text, but when Paul considers what, have, what has been done to the Ephesians uh, when they were united to Christ, he, he's using creation language, he's using image of God language, and he is saying to them, in Christ, the thing that has been lost at the fall is renewed in you. You were created with perfect knowledge, righteousness, and holiness in the beginning, Adam was. That was lost and corrupted, but in Christ, all of that is regained. You are to, again, uh, quoting Paul, you are again to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. You are to put on the new self, creating after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, so this is the way that Paul the Apostle thinks about creation, fall, and redemption in Christ Jesus. What was lost in the beginning has been renewed in Christ Jesus, who is uh, the second Adam. The knowledge, righteousness, and holiness of man were lost in, when Adam fell into sin. In Christ, the second and perfect Adam they are restored. We must be found in Him. And when we are found in Him, let us be sure to walk in Him to the glory of God Almighty. Let us bow for a word of prayer. Father in Heaven, do teach us who You are and teach us also who we are. It is good for us to consider what You made us to be in the beginning. And we do confess that it was all good when You made us it is also important for us to consider who we are now, having fallen into sin with our federal head, Adam. We thank you for the grace of Christ. We thank you that you have renewed us. I pray that those in Christ would walk according to the new man in them. We pray that you would help us to do that very thing. In Christ's name, amen.